I'm Catherine Arndt, the Chief of the VLGA Connect Studio. Welcome to today's episode, brought to you by the VLGA, your councillor support network and the national broadcaster on all things local government. It's VLGA Connect time once again, and we're returning to our local leaders series today. And I'm delighted to head out to Cardinia Shire Council, where the Mayor Councillor Tammy Radford has joined me. Hello, Tammy, and welcome. Hi, Chris. Thanks so much for having me on here on your program today. Lovely to have you here. How How's things in Cardinia at the moment for you? Well, it's actually really sunny here today. I don't know what it's like where you are, but it's beautiful. <laughs> it's always busy. Um, there's lots going on in Cardinia, which is keeping me very busy. It's nice to have some openings of some new facilities and things like that. So, yeah, be, being kept very busy here in Cardinia. And it, it might be a shire in name, but you do have a lot of growth out there, don't you, where you are? We do. We're probably one of the fastest growing areas in Victoria, and there has been a rapid growth in our population, which is really exciting. But mm. what comes with that is um, pretty critical infrastructure that we're now missing and we're needing. We have about three families a day moving into Cardinia Shire and things like the road upgrades and public transport, especially buses, they need to be improved to meet that demand that we're now having out here in Cardinia Shire. Uh, and would you be classed as what, peri-urban? Um, out there where you are? Yes, yeah. yeah. So it's quite a, a different type, a unique shire, I suppose. We've mm. got that growth in Officer and Pakenham, and then we've got the rural and farmlands out, yeah. you know, towards Koorup, Lang Lang, and then we go up to the hills where there's Puffing Billy. And, yeah, so it's oh. a very unique shire uh, yeah. that has so many different needs that often don't just fall into one uh, box that sometimes, you know, grant funding likes to put us into. So yes. that's a bit yeah. difficult at times. And uh, you've just mentioned Officer, which has just brought back a memory for me, uh, a, a great memory from my time in um, in local government when uh, we went out to look at that magnificent office building that you have at Officer with the activity-based working model. So uh, that was seen yes. as a real leading edge approach to uh, the, the the civic side, the administrative side of running a council, wasn't it? Yes, definitely. So that's still there. Unfortunately, it's still standing in the middle of a paddock because we're still awaiting the Officer Town Centre to be oh, wow. developed around it. Right. Um, but it is a really great working space, a hybrid model that all the council officers report that they enjoy. Um, I love going upstairs and having a look around. It sometimes reminds me a little bit of Ikea with the different coloured <laughs> levels. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really nice nice working space yeah it, it's amazing if anyone hasn't had a look uh and I'm I'm, sh I'm sure if you get the opportunity you'll you'll take that up so Tammy we want to talk a bit more about you today if you don't okay. mind yes. can you tell us a bit about why you became a councillor when was that decision made and was there something in particular that prompted you to put your hand up yeah, I'm probably a little bit unconventional to some people in councillor land because I was not interested in politics at all. So I don't really have a good knowledge of politics. Um, I was volunteering within the community and Cardinia Shire was running a community, um, a community leadership program facilitated by Victoria, uh, Leadership Victoria, sorry. Nice. Um, and so I was asked to do that program and that was a really good program to um, improve your leadership skills and it also gave me an insight as to what council did and I thought oh this is interesting I might um, I think I might like to have a look at this so 
When the election came up, um, there were some questionable candidates in my area who were probably not really putting their hand up to represent the community, so to speak. So I thought, actually, I'm going to put my hand up and I'm going to run. I'd like to see, as I just mentioned, the Officer Town Centre, I'd like to see that being a really accessible, inclusive and welcoming town centre, something that has a changing places bathroom, for example. Um, There's not enough of those around in our town centres so that families with people who need those facilities can come and have lunch and shop and do all of that. So I really wanted to put myself in there and be a part of that policy making. Um, So that was why I put my hand up. I was very passionate about that. And I wanted to be a positive role model for my kids and let them see that a woman can be in a high level decision making role. And that was really important to me as well. So and that's something that I'm really really proud of. Right. So um, did you manage to get elected first time you tried? Yes. Yeah. Yes, there were 10 candidates and I was very nervous. Three of us were women. I wasn't on the top of the ballot, but I I managed to get elected. So I was very excited. And how long ago was that now? That was in the 2019. So this is my first term. Right. Okay. So you've you've managed to then get to the mayoralty in your first term. So Thinking back to when you first put your hand up, I'm guessing you probably weren't thinking you'd be the mayor in not too distant future. Not not necessarily. Once I got in, I thought, oh, actually, I think I'd like to be the mayor. Um, There's only, there'd only been three female mayors prior to me becoming mayor. So again, that was something I wanted to be that positive role model and see a female name up on that board. And what I'd love to see moving forward in the future is more diversity of names on that board as well. Um, We have a very strong multicultural uh, community within Cardinia Shire now, which is growing. And so it would be great, you know, to see some multicultural names up on that board along with uh, female names. So what's your approach been to being the mayor of Cardinia Shire? Do you have a a plan for what you want to achieve during this term? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I really wanted to continue down that positive role model. And so I've uh, attended a lot of schools, uh, scouts, girl guides, like a lot of youth organisations, and just having a chat about becoming the mayor and putting your hand up for a leadership role. I actually Mm -hmm. suffer from anxiety at times. So being a leader and being out and about and public speaking and things like that was something that I really had to challenge myself on and and get over. So I, you know, I'd really like to encourage people to really challenge yourself just because you're feeling nervous and you're not sure about something. Don't hide away from it. Just push yourself. And uh, I have found that that has come easier now to me. Um, I still stumble a little bit, as you may have noticed, um, because I might get a little bit nervous but uh, it's important and I believe in the message and what we're delivering as a council so it's important for me to put that out there and reach and just encourage especially young girls to put their hand up for leadership roles and believe that they can do that. So let's talk about that because I know you're you're, you're passionate about uh, the gender equality issue in local government. Is enough being done do you think to move the needle on that? I think definitely Victoria has a a very strong um, ratio of women to men, which is 
really, really good. I think what the problem is, is then retention. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had a high number of resignations this term, a lot of those being females. Mm -hmm. um, and this is due, I think, to maybe some of those policies and the governance that we have within local government. There can be a lot of bullying, unfortunately, which can come from the community and fellow councillors. Um, the vitriol that can be hurled at you by residents, social media, in the chambers to get a point across can be very, very harsh and take a personal toll on you. And quite often it comes under the banner of it's just politics. Or robust well, robust debate or something. Correct, yeah. yeah. And I just don't see that as being good enough. I'd like to see councillors considered to be in a workplace because we're not employees of council. We get an allowance. We're working for the our ratepayers. Um, and so I'm not quite sure that there's enough protection in place mm. to ensure that our, our mental health and all of that is supported enough. And mm. so there's no way to sort of report an issue and be supported on that. So that's something that I would like to see improved. Um, and unfortunately, women tend to get more of that and, and have it gender-based when they're being attacked. And mm. so that's why we're seeing women uh, tend to say, okay, had enough, I'm out of here. So that's what's happening. Yeah, pe people say it is the level of government that's closest to the people, but there's yeah. some... Um, some side effects, I guess, some um, some issues that come with that, aren't there? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And look, generally, you know, that utter dislike that some people have for council and councillors is due to a frustration that they've had ongoing and they're just like, just, you know, so they just let it out at you. Um, but I think that they just need to remember that we're working for them. Hmm. And so it's probably better to try and approach that in a more respectful manner. Um, but it can be hard at times because we are working for them. So you do want to listen. But where does it get to the point where we say, actually, we don't have to take that anymore from you? Hmm. And, and I think that's where there's a bit of a grey area. So I think some are saying uh, we don't have to take that and therefore we're we're stepping aside. And we've had, um, by my count, nearly 50 people have stepped down from councillor roles in this term Correct. of council yeah. so far as we record today. Tammy, a lot of those are saying it's because the demands of the role are increasing. They're greater than they were and people are finding it hard to balance the councillor mm. role with all of their other commitments. I'm sensing you might think there's some code in there, though, for this bullying issue, this uh, this uh, sense that people think that they can just uh, attack their local councillor without any uh, repercussions is is a big part of the reason why they're stepping aside. Yes, the there is a lot of that because there is, as I said, there's no way to report it and then be supported by it. So what's the point, I suppose, mm. is, is something that some people think. Recently, a number of Victorian councils took to the ALGA conference in Canberra a motion to be considered about uh, empowering the eSafety Commissioner to have more um, authority to remove online service provider platforms and the abuse mm. and things like that that come with that to try and help, and that that was supported at in Canberra. So hopefully we might see a result from that. I do think also 
there comes with that, um, we have to be transparent as a council and counsellors. So reporting of uh, our carer expenses goes on our website. And that unfortunately has been a target, especially to women for claiming childcare expenses. Uh, under the Local Government Act, we are entitled to do that. And we do have a role to play and not all the time can I bring my children or a baby. Um, and so we need to be able to claim childcare expenses or carer expenses um, without being attacked by that. Mm. Um, the other uh, attack method that there seems to be is um, professional development. Um, you know, we get $3,000 a year to uh, do professional development, which I see is really important to understanding the role, your responsibilities and your obligations. So definitely in the first year I took up a number of professional development opportunities and you know someone's put it out in the paper oh look expensive counsellor mm. and you're like well you want me to be doing these things but some people just I don't know they just want to attack you no matter what so they pick these things um, professional development childcare, all these things and, and just attack you and it's like well why uh, uh, you know what's the point? Mm. We're, I'm we're trying to work for you. So, is yeah. it is it because those people don't actually value the role of council and councillors, or don't understand what the role actually is? I think it could be an element of that. Mm. Um, definitely understanding what local government's role is compared to state and federal can get mixed up. Mm. Um, so quite often, you know, you'll find those really frustrated residents are coming to you with an issue and you're like, actually, that's a state or a federal issue. But they, as we said, we're the ones closest to the mm. community. So we're the ones that cop that. So I think there is a bit of misunderstanding mm. on what local government's role is. Yeah. Uh, has there been um, a, a time in those, uh, what, four years that you've been a councillor and mayor where you've thought it is, where you've thought it's all too much? Why am I doing this? There has been the occasions, yes. Overall, I'd probably say 90% of the time, I absolutely love this role. I really do. I'm so glad that I've done it. Um, but there's, yeah, that 10%. And some of that has been the interpersonal issues between counsellors that I've really struggled with. Mm. And then uh, some of that has also been uh, just some of those attacking comments. Um, one time I was referring to my daughter and her disability and someone put on there, oh, she's probably making that up for you know, sympathy and things like that. Oh, I'm like, oh, I was just trying to share, you know, something that I was going through and, and it was attacked and, you know, it's hard not to take that personally as well. Yeah. Um, and we are human beings and, um, yeah, it, it can be very upsetting at times and especially also in the chambers if there's a personal attack to try and get, you know, emotion through the chambers. I, I find that very difficult at times and think, oh, I, I don't want to continue with this. But as yeah. I said, majority of the time, I'm yeah. actually really loving what I do. You, you mentioned interpersonal relationships between councillors and, and a lot of councils obviously struggle with this. We can't all get along famously <laughs> all of the time, but, <laughs> but you've got a view about the effectiveness of that whole code of conduct regime, haven't you? Yes, I do. I think it would, I don't know why we have to make it personal and get that 
that in. I would like to see that there is more policy in that. So then when it happens, there's accountability for it because I could get away with saying whatever I want to you at this, this is how I feel, whatever I want to you and there's no repercussion for me, but I've damaged you severely and hurt you severely with what I've said. But really it's probably got absolutely nothing to do with the issue that we mm. were discussing but someone's added it in just to try and get, you know, a vote or support from the community or whatever reason that they may feel that they've had to go down that path. Mm. So, you know, we've, we, our council isn't really that bad. Um, there has been a couple of occasions where I felt like, oh, hang on a minute, I don't think you needed to go there. Um, but I have, you know, watched a number of other council meetings from other shires and really thought, oh, gee, that's that's so personal. That's really, I just don't see that as necessary. Yeah, I, I know the types of examples you're talking about, and it, it, it's there's there's more than we would care to admit. I think um, there's some recommendations out of the Operation Sandon mm. report that goes to some of those issues you've talked about, conflicts of interest as well, etc. Some governance things. Have you had a chance to look at what's in there, and do you think any of that, if adopted, would go towards resolving some of the issues that you have? Yeah, I did have a read through it, and I actually was supportive of a lot of it. Um, one of them, as mayor, I removed on block voting in our chambers um, because I was not feeling comfortable with that uh, process happening. I didn't think we were being very transparent. So when I read the report and saw that that was a recommendation to remove, I was really happy mm. to see that. Um, and definitely declaring conflict of interests um, written having it declared properly, I think would really help with some of those issues that arose mm. at Casey Council. Um, and code of conduct, yeah, I'd definitely like to see stricter policy around it um, so that if it's, you know, like I know we've got the psychological work safe policies coming in. I think that will help a little bit because with that will come training. People will understand maybe mm. um, what words can do and how they can affect people. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was quite supportive of a lot of those recommendations mm. in that report. Next year is election year. Have you yes. thought about your circumstances? Are you, are you there for the long <laughs> haul if the community keeps putting you back? Yeah, I haven't actually thought about it yet because I'm really focused on my time as mayor so I thought we'll I'll discuss it with my family early mm. next year uh, one of my kids is homeschooled um, due to their number of reasons some disabilities as well so this year has been very difficult I've had to employ a, a bit of help with that because I've been very busy so as a mum I feel like I, maybe I need to give a bit more time to my mm. family um, but I do really love what I'm doing I feel like that I do listen to my community and I, I voice their concerns in the council so I know that I'm representing them the best way that I can so it'll be a decision though for next year not yeah. just yet yes what, what do you do away from council to relax and have some balance in your life yeah that's hard because mm. <laughs> having a work-life balance is something that I was not very good with to begin <laughs> <laughs> and so I've had to really work on that one 
Um, so as a family, we like to play board games. We we like to go to the movies, go out for dinner. My daughter and I, and I love musical theatres and we've oh. got Moulin Rouge and Mamma Mia coming up. So we're excited right. for that. We always make a weekend out of it and go shopping as well. My husband doesn't like that part, but we do. And <laughs> the, um, shopping, the shopping, the shopping part, part yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, probably spending time with family and friends is what I really do. But if I really don't want to talk to anybody and I just want to completely wind down, it, it'll be something on Netflix, a series of some sort, and that could be anything from true crime to comedy or drama. So yeah, I will just wind down. I used to love reading, but yeah. now that there's so much reading. At council, I don't enjoy sitting down reading a book anymore. So it's more TV that I watch. I know what you mean. And and (laughs) if your Netflix watch list is anything like mine, there's there's more things in there than you can possibly ever watch in a lifetime. So seeing as you've opened that door, have you got a viewing recommend? What have you watched recently that uh, you'd recommend to people? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm just watching um, physical. On Apple TV, the fourth season has come out with Rose Byrne, an Australian actress, and I'm really enjoying that and and um, the clothing because it's I think it's set back in the 70s, it might be. It's, I think um, it's probably 80s. It's when, Olivia, 80s, Newton, it's yeah, when yes. Olivia Newton-John had her big hit song. Yeah, so the yeah. leotards yeah. and the music yeah. and all of that. That's That's been really funny. I've really enjoyed watching that one. Have you watched Hijack yet? That's on Apple TV. No, I'll recommend, recommend that one to you. That's okay, I'll have a look at that one. Yeah, <laughs> we've 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 gone off the reservation though here, uh, Tammy. Um, if you weren't a councillor, what would you be doing? What would life look like if if local government wasn't part of it? Yeah, that's that's an interesting question too. Before I was a councillor, I was working in community development for a local. Uh, residential land developer obviously coming into council that would be a conflict so I resigned from that but I probably would have been continuing on with that because I was really enjoying that developing new communities and setting up residence groups and things like that Um, and obviously still uh, working with my daughter on her homeschooling Um, I don't know what else I would have done I think that yeah that's it very good. No, that's that's interesting. Thank you for that. I think we're going to have to wrap this up uh, before we start working through our Netflix uh, watch lists. And, and of course, then we've we've only talked about Apple TV. But there you go. Uh, too much to watch. Tammy, it's Correct. been lovely to meet you and to chat with you. Uh, all the best for you, the rest of your mayoral term and uh, for the rest of the current council term there at Cardinia Shire. It's been great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. It's been a pleasure. Councillor Tammy Radford, Mayor of Cardinia Shire Council, our guest today on Local Leaders here at VLGA Connect. <laughs>